This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Ringgit and Sense is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. And today's topic will be about the importance of talking about your finances with your other half, because whether you like it or not, money and relationships go hand in hand. No matter how in love you are with your partner, money can sometimes be the make it or break it in your relationship. So joining me to share some of her thoughts is Annie Hall. She's a licensed financial advisor with Harveston Financial Group. Good morning and welcome to the show, Annie. Good morning, Wee Boon. Okay, so let's start off, uh, I think, with the main question, right? Why is it important for us to discuss finances with your partner? Why is it important? For example, like you are going to step into a new uh, chapter with your other half, right? So it's important for you to discuss finances because if you both want to evaluate if both your financial standing is strong and stable as you, you know, start making beautiful memories together, you want to see, like, for example, when you go into a new chapter, you want to ask yourself, should we rent? Should we buy a house? What can we both afford? But if you don't have that financial conversation, you will just... If, you're, if you say, let's buy, lah, you know, let's buy the house. But your other half say, um, let's rent lah, because we cannot afford it. How can you have that conversation not knowing how much each other have, for example, right? Or what kind of weddings do you want? A big wedding, a small wedding, a wedding that you will be paying still after getting married one year later, for example, what? What kind of family planning? How many kids do you want to have? What kind of education you want to have? You need to make sure that um, you have this discussion with your partner so that you're not both assuming mm. that we can afford it or assuming that we can pay it off after the wedding, for example, or, after, you know, pay off the house, for example. I give you an example. Like one time I had a conversation with my client. I'll call him Mr. A. And we both, I, when I look at his expenses and income, I found out that his um, expenses is higher than his income. Why? It's because he's paying for everything. And then he tells me that, my wife for him and his family and, as well. and his family yeah. and he tells me that my wife wants to expand the house meaning to say I want we want to move, move to a bigger house and clearly he cannot afford it because he's already in debt right he's already using more than what he can afford um, but she does not know mm. his wife does not know that he cannot afford because he, he she just thought that He's managing it. He did not communicate that to her. He did not tell her that. He did not share that with that. She, he is just more than his expenses. He's spending more. So is it the wife's fault? Not really. Because there was no communication about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Second thing is when you both are in a relationship, you want to see if your views on financial is the same. What is your attitude and behavioral towards the finances? Does your partner have emergency funds? Does your partner believe in medical insurance? Does your partner save ten percent minimum into um for for rain for for expensive investment? All right. If not, you are here doing saving and investing for both your financial dream and goals, and your partner is spending five hundred dollars every month on facial and hair and whatnot. That's a mismatch, mm. you know. So I I quote a mama when I spoke to her recently, and she said that a financial conversation is a needed conversation and will save you both lots of fights in the future. So okay, so this is on the pretext of maybe like this is already you're in a very serious part of your relationship, right? Even before if you decide to take the next chapter, you know these conversations are warranted to have, right? And there is no right or wrong in a sense of like how it's done, right? I think you know there are some uh, couples that you know that like maybe one side is more adept 
and more knowledgeable and that person can bear the weight of it but it's still important to know that you both clear you know, maybe that person is more like investment savvy uh, more good at savings so they can be the ones to kind of like lead the way yep. but all that won't happen if you don't start talking about it so this leads to my next question right? because to talk about it it's not something that like out of the blue like hey let's talk about our money now you know I think it's something that um for many of us, if not most, I mean, unless you're one of those very upfront person, but you know, I think for many of us, it, it, it's the kind of conversations that it takes a runway, right? You, you start small and slowly get big, right? How should the runway look like? I mean, when should you talk about money? Okay, I think I asked this to a lot of married friends also, and they say that you need to have this conversation before you get married, all right? Because money talk, not exactly a sexy topic to, to mm. begin with, but it's a very important topic because you're going to start your journey together, right? As a couple, you know, maybe get married in the future. So, and how early and what what, what do you mean by early? You Before things get serious or maybe when things are serious, for mm-hmm. example, or when you both are talking about, hey, let's build a life together. Let's buy a house together, you know? So these are the things that this is the best time to bring up. But how do you bring up? You can't just say, hey, let's talk about buying a house together, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that was sent so, half of them running away. Yeah, I think, correct. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> bye, you know? <laughs> so, and because it involves, uh, financial talk involves a lot of sharing your income, your commitments, your debts, your financial goals, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. It can be uneasy, Yes. At first, yeah. it can be uncomfortable, it can be awkward, but things do get better along the way, all right? But how do you start? You can start, if you're, you are in a, a new relationship, you're just starting out in a relationship, start things small. Mm. Example, mm. hey Sim, um, we're going on a weekend getaway next month, how do you think we should uh, save up for it? Mm. So that's a conversation starter, for example. Um, should we? How do we save it? Do we put in a bank account? How much do we need to put it? You know, start small. Mm. From there, you kind of gauge your partner's level of money management yeah. and whether he or she is like interested when it comes to the talk. If his answer or her answer is like, I don't need to think, lah, just spend on credit card first, you know, then think later, come back and pay later. Hey, red flag, yeah. you know? Or if if he said, hey, that's good that you brought it up. Let's discuss. Mm. Then you know that, oh, okay, this person is willing to discuss. Yeah. So that's one step. So as your relationship progresses, then you can be a little bit more direct and upfront depending on how the previous conversation took place, right? Then you could say things like, hey, I heard on BFM Ringgit and Sense that, you know, we need to track our monthly expenses. We need to grow our money. We need to have three to six months of our emergency funds. What do you think? Do we have enough? Is three to six months enough? Get your other half to participate in that conversation. and, and, And if he's like, or he or she is like, I don't know. I don't think I have even three to six months. I've been working for 20 years. Then you're like, hey, um, is that a concern? Yeah. Right? So, and many, many more conversations leading to marriage, for example, or, when, or you're moving in together, like who's contributing for what? Who, um, you know, if, if I buy a place, are you contributing for the, the utilities or the mortgage together? What are each other's expectations of one another? You don't want to move in and you're like, hey, I thought you're paying everything. You know, you don't want to have that assume, a lot of assumption. So have that conversation rather than you want to, like I said, you want to build memories, beautiful memories together, not yeah. arguments. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I think, right, one of the stumbling blocks, this side of the world, right, 
the talking about money is very difficult. And, you know, there are some gender stereotypes thrown into it, right? One of the reasons why these conversations never take place is because it's there's expectation that, oh, I know, I'm I'm the one that have to shoulder everything. I'm the one that have to pay everything. And, and, and that's not just on your, there are so many different types of other stereotypes or expectations to money that uh, are put into it, right? Um, how do you then maybe break this kind of like stereotype? I mean, it's, it's hard to share these things because you grew up never really talking about it, right? Okay, I think first thing is that if if couples cannot, um, for example, you cannot bring it up on your own, I would advise that get someone, a third party, mm. to come in, step in from an unbiased point of view, you know, to view your, your current status, your financial standing, and advise you, for example, get a financial advisor to look at both your financial standing and then after that evaluate, give you both um, unbiased opinion, not siding the guy, not siding the girl. So at least to see where you guys are standing, how can you both um, achieve your financial goals for, for for that matter, for example. So I do have um, clients, for example, like even they are, they are married right now and they say things, they tell me like, I can't speak to my wife on this. How are... Uh, I say, you may want to try and bring me in, you mm. know, and if she's open to have that conversation, then we'll just have a chillax conversation, understand where she's coming from because maybe she has bad experience. She has yeah. um, uh, maybe uh, due to family background or family upbringing, it's very different to break that barrier initially, right? So maybe a third party person who is not going to judge her or him would be better. Mm, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere, BFM 89.9. Stay tuned for Ringgit and Sense, brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Wee Boon, and today's topic is the importance of talking about finances with your other half. My guest today on the show is Annie Hall. She's a licensed financial advisor with Harveston Financial Group. Before the break, we were going through uh, the runway to talk about money and why it's important to talk about money with your partner. But now I want to talk about this. What are some of the financial red flags that you should uh, look out for in your partner? Okay, if your partner is always broke, by the mm-hmm. second or third week of the month, you can't help but to question and ask like, hey, you know, um, is it because of poor budgeting? Is it because you're spending monies you don't have? Is it maybe because you're clearing off an old debt, maybe helping family expenses, medical expenses? Or if it's worse, do you have a gambling addiction? What is it? You, you, you have to question this, mm-hmm. right? And ask and find out. Um, number two is if your partner is spending like there is no tomorrow, you know, bringing you for fancy restaurants every week, all right? You cannot assume that he can afford it. Is he trying just to impress you? You know, first date, second date, and, and it just snowball and every date just happened to be very fancy restaurants. But how do he pay for it? Is he trying just to living, like live like the rich or using things like pay later, credit card, mm-hmm. what? Getting into debt. Yeah, yeah, getting into debt. Yeah. You know, and then the third one is if your partner cannot even have a simple discussion on the future of who pays for what when you get married. Even like, for example, I mentioned earlier, like spending, uh, save, saving up money for a weekend getaway. That also, you cannot start a conversation. What what do you do? You think you can actually talk about honestly about financial uh, planning later in life? All right. And what is the behavioral towards your, your spouse when you start asking more? Is he... Be- 
or she more like secretive or refusing to share because it works both ways there's no it's not just a, a, it's not a guy's thing you know mm. it's a it's both yep. alright so you need to ask if you're both compatible like I said you know because when you get married it's not just you it's a team yep. and later a family right yep. so it, it's also a very big up a big wake up call because love is in the air maybe in the air but if you can't even talk about this before you start into marriage what makes you think when you move in, get married, sign the papers, you can talk about it. Yeah. 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 So these are very serious things that will affect the future and of how even your relationship work out, right? I think, you know, one of the first big uh, steps, is, I mean, going out for get, get, getaways and everything, th- those are finances that I think is manageable for a couple. But, you know, I think the first real marker of uh, the testing ground, right, for you and your partner when it comes to managing money, obviously, is, is definitely the wedding. It's wedding, definitely getting yeah. married, right? Because those, that's when the sums are quite high, you know, yep. you know. Uh, then following it is maybe um, the living situation, sure. right? You know, right. and then for some who choose to, then obviously it'll be the family, the children, right? right. Understanding how your partner approaches money will help both of you guys to strategize, I guess. But let's touch a bit on strategy, right? Mm. I think uh, there are different schools of thought when it comes to kind of like how can uh, a a couple uh, manage the money, right? And and the most kind of common discussion to have is like whether they should share their finances, have separate finances where they all just have their own one, or maybe have a third account where it goes both in like where they both kind of like share but they still have their own account right yeah. I want to know what do you think about it what's the best way or what are the pros and cons of these different ways to manage money okay I think it depends on how long and you have been in a relationship with this person and at what stage okay if you are not married obviously it's best to keep your finances separate don't buy a house together because that's not advisable. Um, but even if you're married, it's always still good, I feel, to have a separate um, f- uh, finances, right? You can have your separate. But like I said, like, like you said, you can actually have a joint account for joint purchases like paying the mortgage, paying for the household expenses because you still want to keep your financial independence, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a guy or a girl, you still want to have the financial independence. But do talk about the doesn't mean like now I'm married, I'm talking to you, you know, I talk about finances, here's my password. You can go in and check all my, uh, you know, my, my balance. No, that's not financial planning. Financial planning means you can come together, agree on the amount that you both can willing to set aside and then f- and commit to it. All right. So if you commit like every month, we're going to put 2000 into this tabung together, do that. And this tabung is to pay for only this one A to uh, F items. If anything else, we are not going to use the tabung, for example. So it's important to... And then, who handles that account? Whether, you know, who handles the account? Who's going to manage that account? Is it mm. both parties or just one person? From your experience, right, your clients, the people you've spoken to, right, what are usually, usually the main issues or the main problems regarding money that they have? Like, I think I, I think a lot of conversations about money right now should have taken place before they got married. All right. So even though they're getting married, they're already married, so... Most of it comes to the voice down to the kind of education that they want to give their children. Okay. okay? Like, who's are, are we paying just for the school fees, the enrichment classes, the additional co-curriculum? Who can afford? Who can can we both afford it? And and because parents wants to give the best to their children, but sometimes we just got to acknowledge they just have to acknowledge that mm, they cannot afford it. All right, but there is a mismatch. Like maybe, maybe the husband said, "Let's just send to government school," but maybe the wife said, "No, I want to send her to international school." So, 
there's a big differences in the school fees already, yeah, yeah. right? Um, also, not knowing each other's expenses. Like, for example, like some, some of the clients don't know where the money goes to every month. Like I said, if, if the husband earns 20000 every month, every month he tells the wife, I'm broke, I cannot save money. I only have 1000 savings or I have 500 or none. They need someone to step in and tell them like, to identify your expenses and tell them, advise them like, look, you both need to look at your expenses carefully and see what are the areas that you actually can't, can't need to trim, for example. You can't live like you're single. Mm. In other words, yeah. But how often is this uh, uh, an issue of maybe privilege or background, right? I think... I think though the 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 one that's not often considered or thought about, right, or many people kind of like think about is that like, you know, it might be because one partner comes from a much more wealthier background, right, and is dating a less wealthier, mm-hmm. more more average background, right, and their approach towards money differs, Very right? Different, yeah. yeah, I think irrespective whether the guy or girl is earning. More the keyword here is also to acknowledge each other's uh, capability, and communicate your values towards the money. You could earn twenty thousand, but you spend twenty thousand. Yeah. I could earn five thousand. I earn less, but I save fifty percent of my income. So it doesn't really matter how much you earn, but mm. your attitude towards money. And um, example, okay, I give you an example is that if the girl is earning more, is the guy okay with it, or is she okay with it? You know, or if the can the guy accept that he doesn't really have the upper hand when it comes to money, he can't decide like which trip, to, which holiday to go for because he don't have the financial means. But the yep. wife, the wife maybe has, right? So, or if the girl is dating a rich guy but, mm. and potentially marrying to the family, for example, what is their views on money when you're raising the kids? And yeah. that's very important. You could be spending a lot on yourself, you know, but when it comes to the kids, you need to strike a balance because. Maybe the rich guy has a different upbringing, right? Definitely have a, rich, a different upbringing versus the girl who is more maybe frugal, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So where can your, how do you meet in the middle, or is it just going to be one way or the other, right? Yeah. So this conversation is something couples need to have, and it's not there's no answer like immediately like okay this is how we do it, you know. Along the way, as often as possible, have this discussion. Then you will see the progress. Like, okay, I think we could send her to or him to a better school. But in when when it comes to buying things, we cannot pamper the child and buy every buy every week buy a toy, for example. Yeah. And we agree on that example. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of times um, when the relationship gets serious and a couple takes it to the next stage, right? Uh, the the question of financials, right, often involve parents family right mm. you know um, a lot of the parents want to have a say or mm. they influence a lot of the decision that is to be made right yeah. whether it be the wedding or you know in the future the taking the caring off right and that can be kind of tough to have because it's no longer to you and your partner it's to yeah. you your partner your family so many different kind of like iterations angles i'm sure you've had experience with right how do we resolve this how do you approach talking about money with your partner when it involves the family Okay, I think when it comes to communicating with your partner, whether it's um, your family, extended family, whether it's money, whether it's career or religion, you know, these are very important topics. And both couples would need to have the... We need to talk first before 
the third party comes in and 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 give their comments or give their advice. So both of you need to check in together and say, hey, you know, um, for example, like, um, do we send our kids to our parents or do we send to nanny, for example, or do we send to daycare? Um, because maybe sending to parents involve lesser money, for example. And 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 or for example, what kind of wedding do you want? I think I want we want a small scale wedding, but our parents want a big wedding. What do we want? Have that conversation. Have be truthful and be honest about it. When you both can agree on that, whatever uh, advice that or wherever uh, people may want to throw to you, you can both say, thank you very much. We appreciate the advice, but I think we have decided on this, for example. We decided on a small-scale wedding because um, we just have the budget for it and we don't want to start our marriage in, a, in debt, for example. Mm-hmm. So you both need to have that conversation first. So then lastly, then what kind of tips um, couples can do to kind of maintain a healthy financial habit or even just to kind of like start this ball rolling? Take baby steps. Start small, like I say. You know, find a right time to have this conversation. Not when your partner is stressed or like, you know, tired or, uh, after 18 hours of work and then you pull him to the corner and say, hey, let's talk about financial. It's not <laughs> going to work, right? You know, and then set financial goals together. Be honest and truthful about where you are. All right, because it's just the both of you, for example, now. So you have to be honest and truthful. Whether you are deficit, you are saving a lot, what is it? Be truthful. Put aside ego and hold space for each other to share their financial experience, the good, the bad, you know, the journey, their goals and dream. Don't, um, so for example, if I share my, like, oh, I want to have, I have this dream. Don't, um, what's that word? Um, try shoot down. Uh, shoot down, yeah. yeah. Don't try and shoot down my dreams, you know. Yeah. Hold space for that person, all right? And lastly, if you need, get a financial planner to guide both of you to actually to the right direction and point out the areas that you may not see as a couple. All right, and we've reached the end of our conversation today for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Annie Hall, licensed financial advisor with Harveston Financial Group. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Weeboon from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia, your lifetime insurance and takaful partner. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.